Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Ask the Coach Show, the show where we answer your table tennis questions. You can ask a question using the Q&A Google Hangout app. There's a little Q&A button. Hit that and enter your question there. Or we take a selection of questions from our Ask the Coach page on our website. After the show, we put all our episodes up onto our blog at www.pingskills.com slash table tennis blog, so you can check them all out there. We also have this show available as an audio podcast on iTunes, so check that out as well. And with me, to answer all your table quest- table tennis questions, is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Well, that was a big introduction. Hey, yes. Alois. It wasn't quite there. Are you there, Alois? I am. I am indeed. Excellent. That's good to hear. So are you ready to answer some exciting table tennis questions today, Alois? Of course, as usual. Very good. Well, the first question is um, we need to answer is the Ping Skillers question of the day from yesterday, which is how many counter hits in a row can you do? Well, um... I remember, and the year was 1982, so probably before many people were born, um, at a camp in Sydney, and uh, for some reason we, we, well, not for some reason, we were doing some consistency training, and we just decided that uh, we'd get out there and, and try and do as many as we can, and it was with a player called Mark Hurst, so I haven't heard from Mark Hurst for about 30 years. Um, a good player from Canberra originally. Jeff, your, um, your, your face isn't coming up. We're still seeing the... Um, yes, I've just there, there, that okay, so anyway, back, to, yeah, back to the story. It's an interesting story. Um, <laughs> and we got 10,000 counts. So, yeah. so wow, you're just cutting out a bit. Do you think that the story was you and Marco has got 10,000 counter hits in a row? Indeed, 10,000 it was. So there you go, Ping Skillers. Now um, the, the task for you is to go out and see if you can beat Alois's record of 10,000. To be honest, I don't really re- remember like a number that is the most. I mean, I've definitely got 100 and 200, but I don't know if I ever got 1,000 or anything like that, Alois, but 10,000 is a very impressive number. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember one of my early coaches too. Used to, we used to do a lot of uh, consistency training, and and what he used to do was he a um, a little chart, and you did consistency of all different types of strokes, and um, you had to do it until you made ten mistakes. So you, every time you made a mistake, you wrote down the number that you were up to. So it might have been. 50 for the first one, and then kept going. And when you make the second mistake, you write down, you know, 85. Um, and at the end of the 10, then you get your average number of hits that uh, that you could do. And I remember spending lots and lots of practice sessions trying to improve um, our consistency. So we did the forehand counter hit, the backhand counter hit, the pushing, um, top spins. Yeah, I remember really enjoying that as uh, part of our practice. Okay, yes, that, that sounds like a good way to practice. And if you want a consistency chart for yourself, 
check out the Ping Seals Consistency Chart on our website. I'll put a link to it in the notes. All right, so that moves us on to the Ping Skillers question of the day, which is, in what year will a non-Chinese player win the Men's Singles World Championships? Mm, so we want you to look into the future and do a bit of predicting and uh, leave your comments uh, below and we'll discuss our thoughts tomorrow. All right, Alois, the first question of the day here is on footwork and it's from Chandrachar who asks, I see lots of discussions here on footwork but I'm not able to understand why it's required. He says, in my colony I see lots of players who are very good and they're not using efficient footwork. So why, Alois, is footwork required? Yeah, um, interesting. So I think at a, at a basic level you can get away with not too much because you, opponent uh, at level mm, yeah we're just struggling a bit with the connection today Alice. Out, so to... oh sorry Alice. yeah we're just I'm struggling to, uh, with the connection today with... so we didn't get much of that so can you can you repeat that for us please yeah so um so when um when, when you're at a, at a basic level, you don't really need to move as much because your opponents aren't as strong, so they're not placing the ball so well, they're not hitting the ball so fast. So as you get better, though, you really do need to improve your footwork. To, to be able to play your strokes effectively, you need to be able to make really good positions. So it's no longer any good just to to stretch out and play a backhand from out here. You need to be able to move into position and play a stronger backhand. So so those sort of things are, become more and more important the better you get. It's important that you get those movements right from the start though. So don't try and um, you know get away with not practicing your footwork for a while. Practice your footwork, get your, your basic strokes right, get your basic movements right, and then you'll be able to um, improve and, and reach a much higher level. Okay, yeah, that's good advice, Alice. So it sounds like if you're just doing some shortcuts and just reaching out, that's going to limit you and limit your improvement. So later on, you have to go back and work out the correct footwork. So start off with the correct footwork um, straight away. The other thing I notice, Alois, is, again, if you look at the best players in the world, if you look at Timo Boll or Zuzin, you can see that they have the most incredible footwork. They can cover so much of the table um, and they always get in good positions for their shots. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, yeah, without having reasonable footwork couldn't happen. Timo Ball couldn't happen. In fact, any player at any sort of level, you get away with not having yeah, exactly. Yeah, they all have good footwork, all the top players. All right, the next question is from Jeremiah. And Jeremiah says, when using long pips, what is the stroke to use against another long pips player? So if they give us a dead return with no spin on it, how do I return, assuming you're not going to twiddle and use the inverted side? And should this stroke be only defensive or can it be used more offensively? Yeah. Okay. So we've got two into long people's here. So if if the ball comes off 
um, this sheet of long pips without any um, spin. So it's basically coming through just like a floating ball. So no spin, um, not very fast. What you can do is you can attack that ball, but you need a really sharp contact on, on the ball um, because when you're using the long pips, um, you can't generate as much top spin. So you need to really get good fast friction on that ball to just put a little bit of top spin on the ball um, if you can and, and utilize the, the limited friction that's on the long pips um, to, to get a little bit of spin on the ball. You can just punch the ball through as well, but again, because if you're not putting top spin on the ball, then there's less margin for error over the net. So, so off that floaty ball, you, you can just attack it, but you need to use a nice, fast, sharp action to, to generate as much grip as you can from, uh, from the long pips. Yeah, so I guess um, in general, you're never going to be able to play as an aggressive a stroke as you can with the inverted rubber, because with the inverted, you can get that top spin, which is going to get the ball to dip and stay on the table, even if it's moving fast. So I guess it's, in principle, a more defensive stroke, but you still can play a more attacking stroke. Is, does that sound right, Alice? Yeah, that's, yeah that, that, that's exactly right, Jeff. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you, Jeremiah, for the question. Hopefully that helps you out. Um, and, yeah, I think, Jeremiah, you've mentioned and you've seen those two long pips videos we've got on the site. So I might just put a link into the show to the long pips videos we have for those who are interested. Okay. Um, the next question is from Dimitar, who has a rules question for us, Alois. He says, how many sets are required to win a match? I thought that it went up to it was the best of or best of five, so you had to win three sets up to eleven points. But now he sees matches with four of seven sets. Is it fixed, or does it depend on the tournament or the judges, or have the rules changed? Okay, yeah. So the rules actually say that a match can be any um, number of uneven sets. So you could have a match of one, three, five, sevens, and so on. Maybe so, even one hundred and one alloys. Even 101. And, you know, like sometimes at clubs, um, two uh, mates will get together and they'll have, have some matches and they might play, you know, best of 11 or best of 21. Um, you know, when you're really enjoying um, practicing and training, you do tend to go out there and just keep playing games and, and you know, extending extending the what, uh, how, many, how many games you're going to play. So, yeah, so if you want to, you could play best of 101. Okay, but what I notice is, Alois, um, on the international circuit, they tend to often play um, a best of five for teams events and often a best of seven for important individual tournaments. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, they're, they're the most common um, uh, number of sets, so definitely best of five is played most of the time and best of seven um, when it's yeah, a bigger, bigger international event, they usually play best of seven. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Dimitar. All right. Now, Robert um, was a bit worried, Alloy, so he asked a question. He said, I bought a grass detects rubber last year, and he's very happy with it. But after playing a match this week, his opponent was not happy and produced a list of legal rubbers, and he stated my rubber was not on this list, and he declared my rubber illegal. So he was very worried. Is his rubber illegal, Alloy? 
Um, yeah, I had, I had a look on the um, ITTF website, and um, Grass Detex is listed on there. Um, so I think you're okay, Robert. But it's always good to just check. Um, so on the ITTF site, there's a, an equipment page. And on there, it's got the list of uh, approved racket coverings. So if you go to that, you'll you'll be able to check exactly whether your rubber is legal or not legal. The important thing to look at, though, um, might be hard to see here, but is the um, that down the bottom. So that they've got a picture on there of. Um, of what that should look like on your rubber. So make sure your rubber looks exactly the same as the picture that is on the um, ITTF website. So uh, so that's the real key. And um, you can look it up. So you look it up by manufacturer. So whether it's uh, Butterfly or Yasaka or Donic or whatever it is, and there under each manufacturer it lists all their approved rubbers. So uh, so I think uh, yeah we'll put a link on there to that ITTF website with the full list of all the approved uh, rubbers. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for the question, Robert. Um, yeah, and everybody, if you're wondering, go check out that um, the ITTF site to see if your rubber is legal. All right. Well, that wraps up another show. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Make sure you check out pingskills.com, sign up for our free newsletter, and have a great day. Thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great day, Ping Skillers. Bye.